What number is this, Chip? Zilch163. Ken talks to Andrew about the new Monkeys Day by Day, tour news, question mark, and more. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I know. You're listening to Zilch, a Monkeys podcast. Christine Wolf, I'm one of your hosts today, and I am joined by Sarah Clark. Dr. Clark, how are you this fine day? Doing fabulous. Glad to be here. Sun shining, snow's done. It's all good. <laughs> well, uh, that's good. Yeah, I, the snow is melting. I wonder how long it will take for a foot of snow to melt in 34 degree weather. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to take a while. <laughs> so. But in other good news, we had some word from Christian Nesmith, who, of as many of you know, is working on uh, the forthcoming album from 7A, Dolan Sings Nesmith. That's right. Yeah, about a week ago, as as of our recording date, he uh, just put a quick little post on Facebook that said, uh, except for a few organizational tasks, Pretty sure I just finished Dolan's Sings Nesmith and should deliver the final audio to 7A next week. Yay! Woohoo! I have been looking that forward be, to this. So that means this week. So fingers yeah. crossed that, that it's there. That's very exciting. Absolutely. And, and, and the, um, the set list, the track list has been a very tightly guarded secret. So I gotta ask, what Nes song do you hope Mickey sings on it? Oh, gosh. You know, Mickey can really sing just about anything. I, I mean, I've I've heard it, but uh, and so I bounce back and forth between. Hmm, do I really want to hear him redo one of the the classic Monkey hits, or do I want him to uh, to go into his, to the Nesmith solo material? I I bounce between um, Papa Jean's Blues and Grand Ennui, and I'll. Papa Jean's blues, you know, Mickey can do a little bit of a twang, uh, so so that that would be a good fit for him. But I love it when he gets kind of down and and growly, and and I think Grand Ennui would be a good pick for that. What yeah. about you? Oh yeah, I, that was actually going to be on, on my short list of things I was going to say. So put me down as another vote for Grand Ennui. But um, if we go in kind of a different direction sort of you know ballady mickey i think he could do a great job on nine times blue oh yeah yeah and that that would be great i would love to hear that yeah I mean, there there's there's no version that is better than their appearance on was it the johnny, johnny cash? cash show yeah yeah uh you know that that uh, trio reworking between nez mickey and davy uh is just the the standard for me but i would love to hear what how mickey would treat that absolutely absolutely 
And it's all going to be exciting, whatever's on there. And I really do hope they lean heavily into the solo stuff, which I expect they will. All I know is um, solo Mickey can be really, really good. Um, And I know that Christian is an amazing arranger and producer. So I'm really excited to uh to see how will this how will Dolan's Sings Nesmith stack up to um Mickey's solo album Remember cuz yeah. that's like whoo that's a great album. Yeah, that's my favorite of his by some distance. So it'll be interesting to see uh if this ends up topping it or not, but I yeah. suspect it might. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> And you know what else was something was a couple weeks ago ends ago as we're recording this uh I and Tim Powers got to help out the Peter Torque Facebook team in putting on a really cool Zoom listening party for Stranger Things Have Happened, uh, Peter's one and only kind of 100% uh, solo album, though really it was kind of a group effort with uh, James Lee Stanley. So um, amazing, amazing afternoon. Yeah, that w- I, I am so looking forward to hearing all about that. So Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, we had a uh, great afternoon. We basically, how Tim did it, 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 uh, a lot of it was his baby. He got, um, he was able to bring James Lee Stanley on, as well as Grin Gretland from 7A, Mark Kleiner, who wrote the awesome, awesome, awesome liner notes. Um, and, you know, other folks who had been involved in the project over the years and, uh, what would happen is we'd play a track and then he would ask Glenn or James Lee to talk a little bit about the track or he'd open it up for discussion because, of course, it was Zoom so we could all speak up and talk. And it was a lot of conversation about uh, both about how the album came to be and also from the fans perspective of those times and sort of what various songs meant to them. I think one of my favorite bits of the whole thing was was right after the first song tim called on on james lee to kind of talk a little bit about how the album came to be and kind of how they handled kind of the co-production process and uh he shared this really cool story about how the album got started so there you go that's uh first track of this amazing album that we all uh absolutely love and i it was so interesting to watch everyone's face when those when those first few notes come in and the drum comes in and every like i bet every single one of you was like yeah i remember the first time i heard that and i was watching james just kind of look off camera and and smile to himself um so if you don't mind james i'd like to i'd like to open with you and ask uh, kind of what I mean, you you've heard this since the since the remaster thing um, started. You you know this album's been been on your radar and and top of mind. Um, what goes through your mind when you hear the first few inches of tape on this? What um, where where did you go, my friend? What I thought about as I heard it was uh, was the room we were in, which was actually a a sunroom on the back of the house on Ybarra Road in Woodland Hills. That I turned into a studio, and uh, we were using a Atari computer linked to my eight-track. So we did uh, a lot of stuff in the computer, and then 
like the guitars and vocals we did on the on the tape, and they were synced up. And I remember that at the end of that particular song, we did a thing where we changed the snare to a different noise, different sound every single time it hit. So on the, on the tag, you can hear it, it goes from spring to breaking glass to a door slamming, just all these little tiny things. We did stuff like that all over the record. Did you do that just so that so that we'd pay attention to it, or was there, um, you know, the the title and um, the, the the title of the song, the title of the album is so beautifully self-effacing, you know, it's it's who thought, you know, at nineteen in nineteen ninety four we didn't think we'd get a, a solo album, we didn't think we'd get a recording from uh, from Peter, and um, you know it. it it kind of it, it always struck me as kind of an in joke, and I'm wondering if there's um, in in any art, right? The artist puts a little bit of himself in everything he does. Was there um, in those production choices? Was that um, was that just to you know kind of on the fly? Hey, this would be funny, or was there a little more to it? No, we we actually uh, we looked at each song individually and tried to make it as wonderful as we could, and and uh, both of us are imaginative dudes. So when we got to that place. Uh, what ha- it was, it was quite serendipitous. Uh, something else was open, and so when the snare hit, so did some breaking glass. And I said, "Hey, did you hear that? Let's." I have an idea, and so we just did that for the fun of it, just to make, uh, just to make it interesting. One of the things that I like to do with a recording, with all my recordings, is is make some subtle change every eight <coughs> bars, so that no sixteen bars in any record I ever do are exactly the same. There's always some, some evolution some transmogrification some little change to change the texture somehow or another sometimes subtle sometimes you know grand but that was it just yeah you just wanted to wanted to make and and the way that the record happened it was it was pretty simple i noticed that all the other guys had put out solo albums and and peter and i were having lunch or something and i said hey how putting out records and you aren't and peter in his self-facing way said well nobody asked me and I, and I said, wow. I said, Peter, look, I, I have a studio. I have a label. I have national distribution. Let's make a record and let's shop it. And then, uh, you know, if we can't get what we want for it, we'll put it out on Beachwood so we can't lose. Let's just make the record. And, and we worked on it about three months before my wife took me aside and said, you know, James, you've stopped your life to make this record with Peter and you're not making any money. You you have to ask him to, uh, to you know to to pay for the studio time or something because we need you know we don't have any income. Yeah, and and I said, geez, I've, it, it, you know, it just never occurred to me to, uh, it just had never never had anything to do with money. It was just, you know, getting my pal back to who my pal is, you know, or was. Yeah. So I you know I said Peter you know Evelyn brought this up and I. I guess it's a legitimate uh, question. And he said, yeah. So he offered me a ridiculous amount of money. And, uh, and I said, no, let's, uh, let's do $10 an hour. So that's what I charged him to do the studio. <laughs> and, and, wow. and we were, we were also partners on the record. So, I mean, you know, I got to share in the, uh, in whatever happened after we were done. Yeah. This was um, the, there's a, there's, the bond between the two of you is really obvious in the production and there's, there's so much care in every single cut. 
it is, uh, it, I mean, it's really been a treat to listen to from the first time I popped it in the car CD player after driving away from the record store in 94 to even today, there's always, there's always a little nugget in there that, that you find. Uh, Cindy just said, it's really a labor of love and it absolutely is. James, thanks so much for being a part of this. I might come back to you a few more times to hear stories about stuff. Uh, cause I mean, dude, and I may interrupt too. That's very cool. I, you know, James Lee is a great guy and he's got so many stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would just love to sit with him for a couple of hours and, and just have him, have him go with whatever stories that he could come up with. I'm sure they would all be great. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, uh, I, I would love to get him on the show at some point because they've known each other. They knew each other since pre monkeys that they were friends for well over 50 years. And I'm sure he has wonderful stories to share of all of their collaborations and, and, and everything else. So it's just a, he's, he's just a wonderful guy. I'll always remember Back in the 90s, when I saw Two Man Band live for the first time, which was also the first time I saw any monkey live, um, at the first intermission, everybody, of course, swarmed Peter's autograph table. Uh, so I went up to uh, James's to get, uh, I had bought the Two Man Band CD and wanted to get both their, their signatures on it and came up to his and he was like, are you sure you're at the right spot? <laughs> 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 and we had a nice little chat and he's just this, you know, and you'll see, you know, and, and as you heard in the story, he's just this sweet, self-effacing guy who, you know, really wanted to do right by his friend in putting this album together. And you can tell it in the album itself and also just in the, the sweetness of those stories. And uh, we all had a great time. I know the Peter Tork Facebook team was over the moon with how well it went over. And um, they may be contemplating future events on these li- along these lines because these came out. Because remember, we've got the two-man band album. We've got a whole lot of Shoe Suede Blues albums. Th- this might not be the end of the Zoom parties. We'll see what happens. That would be great. That's, a, you know, another avenue to uh, to share the music and to um uh, have a fan gathering that without having to travel so i know i know i loved it i was like bopping along having a little listening party in my you know in my little fuzzy slippers excellent yeah <laughs> <laughs> are those the ones that you wore the last time we were at a concert to get weighed on <laughs> <laughs> Well, we better get on to the main event because, you know, Ken's been a little quiet the last couple of episodes, but it's because he's been talking to Andrew Sandoval. <laughs> That's right. Let's let's uh, turn it over. Take it away, Ken. Yep. Ken, Andrew, tell us all about Revised Monkeys Day by Day. I can't wait. This is Andrew Sandoval. I'm the author of The Monkeys, The Day by Day Story, and you're listening to Zilch. Hello. Welcome back to Zilch. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Mills, and today we have Andrew Sandoval joining us once again. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Thanks, Ken. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's it's an interesting time that we find ourselves in, but it's very cool that something really neat, monkeys related, is happening. Would you like to tell us all about it? Yeah, my book, The Monkeys: The Day by Day Story, which originally came out in 2005 
is being reissued, but it's not just the same book, and it's not just a variation on the book. It's a completely rewritten and vastly expanded version of it in a very, very deluxe form. So uh, it's an exciting moment for me. It's a project that's taken up the better part of my life. Um, you know, People say that sort of stuff, but really, I started on this book project in 1990, and to be in 2021, all these years later, doing the second version of the book, I feel very blessed to have gotten to this place, and I have a lot of new information to share with people. Mm -hmm. And let's get the uh, particulars out of the way, because it's important that people jump on this now. Right. So if you go to Beatland Books, that's like Beatles, but Beatle, like Beatland, B-E-A-T-L-A-N-D, Books, Com, you can reserve a copy of one of the editions of the book. And also, if you are confused about it, there's an FAQ there. And also, I've done a, uh, a video for YouTube in which I talk about this stuff. And the reason why we're doing reservations rather than a pre-order is that I'm actually self-financing this book. It's not coming out through a company, but it's also not one of those print-on-demand books that's sort of, you know, kind of cheap-looking. It's going to be very deluxe and beautiful as befits the story, because the monkeys mean an awful lot to me, and I know they mean an awful lot to you and your listeners. So I want to do the kind of book that the monkeys have never had, a really, really deluxe big book. And uh, in order to do that, I need to find out how many of these deluxe big books to make, specifically uh, what the interest level is, because you know I've been in the business of uh, making monkeys products for a lot of other people, but never really for myself. Originally, when I signed a book contract in 2004 for the original book, uh, it was with a UK company. And then they sold my book to a US company. And they made about 15,000 of the books. And I was paid for those books. But shortly thereafter, the US company was shut down by the FBI for accounting fraud. Mm. And <laughs> not, I've never told this publicly because I didn't want to sort of distract from the enjoyment that people have of the book. And the um, UK company had to reorganize. And at that point, the rights to the book, I bought the remaining assets to the book. And uh, and they've been with me for years. And I've been wanting to do this and collecting information and buying up photos. Because, you know, you can't just publish a photo in a book. You have to have certain rights worked out. Right. And, uh, and I've been buying up negatives and all kinds of other things, making this long-term investment in doing the book. And finally, I was in Australia with Michael and Mickey in June of 2019, and I thought to myself, this is the time. When I get back, I'm going to get started on redoing the book. I'm ready. It's been 15 years. I feel like I've had a good break. I'm going to do this before it's too late. And then things really changed <laughs> in society. Um, things really changed. And what happened was, one thing was I was doing the later years uh, from 1971 on, which I've been developing. And uh, I was kind of enjoying those and doing a lot of new research. And then uh, a, a, another fellow collector fan who runs a great website, John McCutcheon, he came to me and he said, hey, I found this deposition of Davy Jones. Um, is that anything you need? And I said, I, I really don't know. And he said, oh, well, it's really long, so I, I don't know. This is going to take me a while to get to. I don't know if you're in any hurry. And I said, well, I would never reproduce anything legal, so why don't you just take some pictures of it with your phone, and I'll see what it is. He goes, oh, well, that was simple. So he sent it my way, and I started reading this, and I realized 
wow, there's really a lot of information here uh, that we don't know about the monkeys uh, from the period that we think we know everything about the monkeys from. I know most people are like, 1967, boring, we know it. You know, they outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, or maybe they didn't, and we know everything about that year. We want to know about 1970 or 71 or 73 or whatever. Um, well, I found out I didn't know everything I thought I knew about the monkeys. And I followed this trail and got other depositions from this court case. And I actually ended up flying to New York in February of 2020, just before COVID hit. And I went to a courthouse and had arranged to look at boxes of more than 2,000 pages of legal documents relating to Don Kirshner's lawsuit against Raybert Productions and Screen Gems in Columbia, in which all four of the monkeys were deposed, as were most of their associates. And the discussion initially was all about why they wanted to play their own instruments. And obviously, as Monkeys fans, we think we know the answer. We think we know every bit about that, but we don't. And the new information is in my book, and it's the primary part of my book. The 1967 chapter is more than 100 pages long, and it really sheds a lot of new light. And furthermore, they talked about stuff leading up to the pilot and all these other things I didn't know about. So it really caused me to rewrite everything because the narrative changed. And then as I found that piece, I thought back to some of the other interviews I had done over the years and realized I've got all these unpublished interviews with the monkeys that I've done over the last 30 years. I've got to get these transcribed and see if there's anything relevant to what I'm doing now. And so I found a great deal of other stuff that I've never used. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who feel like, hey, I bought every one of your reissues. I have your original book. I've got access to the internet. I don't need another book on the monkeys. I've got a whole bookshelf full of them. Well, let me tell you, I have stuff in my book that you won't have anywhere on the internet that is not in any of the other books, never been in any of my other writing, and I haven't held it back from people. It's just stuff I've newly discovered in the last 18 months. So getting back to the reservation process and why we're doing it this way, I have no idea how many books to make. And so I'm asking people to reserve their books, and then I will make the books for them. They're being custom printed for me at a very high level, which is wonderful, but they're very expensive. It's basically the investment of a lifetime to get these done and out to the people. So I need to know specifically what it is. And most people say, well, why don't you just make a bunch of books and then over the rest of your life you can sell them? Well, the books are so huge, it's not like I can really store them forever. They're kind of phone book size. Mm -hmm. So I need to basically make the books for the people who want them now rather than the people who might want them in the future or whatever else, uh, you know, and I'm sure other people would say, well, why don't you just make a digital version? You know, that'll cost a dollar and won't take up any space. And the problem is I've invested so much time and money in the book and it's not just my time, but physically, uh, you know, my travel and getting these documents and paying these people at the union and, and other things. I have a lot of bills I've rung up because I feel that the work has value and the monkey's story has value. And so I've had to put a price on it and I'd like to get the return by making a really beautiful book that lasts a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, before we break into the different ways the person can get this, let's uh, kind of just give that website once again. It's www.beatlandbooks.com forward slash reserve your book. You can go to beatlandbooks.com and find a link for it. 
And we have to stress once again, reservations are extremely limited and will only be accepted until March 15th, 2021. Very single limited run. I'm telling you folks, if you want this, get this. This is almost like what the handmade sets are to a larger degree, right? It's very much like that. However, what happens with the handmade set, and because I'm doing this and Rhino's not doing it, uh, what happens is people do pre-order normally, mm -hmm. and Rhino charges their card, and then it takes many months for the people to get their product, and they get freaked out about it. Right. <laughs> and also then Rhino, because they're not delivering it, have to recharge their card every month for the cost of this item. So if you've had that happen before, this is not going to be the case now. No, exactly. You're going to make a reservation and then literally weeks before the delivery will be made, you will get a notice from Beatland Books and it'll say you reserve these copies. They're now yours to pay for and collect. And also we're going to be working on trying to get the best shipping to people. Each of the books is going to come housed in a special uh, monkey's bumper box so that it arrives safely to you. But we have a lot of fans in the UK I've seen so far in the orders and a lot of fans in Australia and I'm sure uh, in other places too. And with the changes with uh, Brexit and with the EU and shipping, um, I've been advised to maybe look into trying to send over uh, a certain amount of copies to the UK so people can get them. I, none of these things are settled yet because I have no idea how many I'm sending out. Right. So that's why we're having this reservation period. It's it's for the fans and for me to get settled. So everybody who wants a book will get a book. And with the handmade, you know, sometimes these things sell out right away. Like we had um, the Renault Groove record come out uh, recently, uh, which I think they're still waiting on delivery of that. Mm -hmm. I haven't got a copy of it yet. But, um, you know, what happened was they sold about a thousand of them in a day. And I had a lot of Monkees fans write to me and say, Come on, Andrew. Are you serious? They sold a thousand copies of this stupid record that we all have a million times in a day. And I said, yeah, <laughs> they did. You know, that's the thing. I think Monkees fans are sort of um, jaded because they have everything, you know, uh, many times over. And they've been asked to buy things many times over. And so I want to do things a little differently and just make sure people know what they're getting before they get it and figure out the best way to get it to them because the worst thing is the anxiety that we're all feeling right now mm -hmm. about will this come out will this make it to me you know am i going to get ill <laughs> you know and it's all serious and and for me this project has been what's really taken me through covid i've been out of work for a full year now and this is the th the thing that's really been the thread that's kept me from you know really losing it because I felt I had a purpose because I mm -hmm. felt people want to read this story. And I had all the voices in my head of, you know, you may get sick, you may not get to finish you, you know, maybe people don't want this book. Maybe it's too expensive. People are hurting right now. I know all that stuff. I, and I feel, I feel for what people are going through right now, but I really felt that the book needed to come to people and in, and in this form, and not have it chopped down because I did talk to some people. They said, your book's great. We'd love to republish it. Are you crazy? We can't do a book over four or 500 pages on monkeys. Nobody's going to buy that. You know? <laughs> Why don't you chop it down to something that's reasonable 
that we can sell at a reasonable price and get it to a lot of people. And so that's the that's the the deal that I made with myself was, hey, I, I kind of want everybody to have everything, but it's going to end up excluding some people because the book's going to be too expensive for some people and too weighty, and um, it changes the whole thing. But it's kind of an amazing book, you know. It's kind of amazing that the monkeys have this story, and and I love the story, and I love knowing that it's a new version of the story that I didn't know. Fantastic. And that link again is beatlandbooks.com. Let's talk about each of the tiers that are available, and I'll mention each one and I'll have you flush it out. Uh, we'll start with the lowest price to the highest, okay? Okay. And all editions of this book are going to be printed on 150 grams matte paper stock in full color, correct? Correct. Now, that may not mean much to the average person. It's kind of like when you read, oh, this vinyl pressing is on 120, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah, like the 180 gram pressings, I know. Yeah, exactly. But it just means that you're going to get some really good, heavy matte paper that this is printed on. It's going to look great. So our first tier is the what you're calling the open edition, and that comes in at $75. And with that, you get the flexi-bound with soft paper cover. Contains the entire text of the deluxe books without extras, which we'll get to later. And this one is not a limited edition or signed or numbered or anything. But for $75, you can get the bottom tier of this. Right. And you can see the new cover, right? You, you can see that in the YouTube clip and probably in the show art here. So yeah, there you go. It's beautiful. Uh original uh photo that i have the negative of for the cover of headquarters that reveals the background and and the sort of the rest of it and um i we tried a bunch of different covers initially mm -hmm. uh to get to this place and i just thought this is the story of the book now it's it's those four guys at that moment that they're that this is being snapped because that photo that's on headquarters is actually not from you know the album came out in may of 67 photo is from november of uh, 66 actually wow and it's them at the period where they're just starting to really make music themselves and they're about to embark on their first concert tour and they're feeling that spirit, that group spirit. And that's what's really carried through in the book. You learn a lot more about how they felt behind the scenes that's not been captured in anything else uh, because most of the interviews from the period are with, you know, teen magazines about their favorite color or, you know, uh, my dream date with Davey or whatever, which are all really fun. Or they're from the 80s when they came back or the 90s when they came back again or, you know, from my liner notes, which are all interesting perspectives. But these new bits and pieces of legal information I have are from the actual period when the stuff took place. And we learn a lot more about how they were feeling about playing together and what they want to do. And they're feeling about how they were looked at at the time. So um, I know you were talking about different versions, but I really wanted to tell people that that's the key thing is this cover tells you what's going to be in the book. It's the image that you know, but it's all the details behind it that you've never seen before. You're getting to see this in a different light, if you will. Yeah, totally. It's, it's totally that. And it's not like I'm trying to put it in a different light. I found it to be in a different light, and I've known the story so for 40 years, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Now, there are two other versions, and there's the deluxe version, which comes in at $175. It comes hand-numbered and signed by you, the author. It comes in a hardback edition with an exclusive slipcover. It is cloth-bound cover with red and yellow decorative bookmarks and a separate paper dust jacket. And I noticed that the logo has changed. We're using a different monkey's logo than was on the original book. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the entire design of the original book was done in the UK and mm-hmm. without me. And um, so I had a lot more to do with the wonderful design of this this version, which has been done by a guy named John Sellards, who's designed some monkeys tour stuff over the years for me. And um, the logo itself, um, because Rhino owns the rights to the guitar logo, mm-hmm. we had discussions about um, them giving me rights to use it on the cover. Um, which, you know, again, is another financial thing uh, with the book. I decided that I, I didn't want to use the guitar logo, even though it's very identifiable, because the book is not going to be sold in stores. And I didn't want to be hemmed in by uh, Rhino and what they needed. Uh, you know, if, for instance, they, you know, I reprinted a few hundred more of the soft back versions of the book. I'd have to go back and make another deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make an open-ended deal for for things. You have to make a, a finite deal. And also, I didn't know how many books I was going to make, so I decided, you know, this is a, still a classic monkey's look. And there's a beautiful thing in the book with the end papers. When you open up the book, you know, the end papers are those those things sort of pasted in that you see before you get into the book, and it's all these different monkeys logos from different uh, records over the years that are not the guitar logo, but all the different ones that are kind of identifiable with them. Uh And you've got the third tier, which is the Super Deluxe Edition for $225. And you get one of the lowest numbered hardback books, right? Right. So the lower people said, how can I get the lowest numbered books? Because, you know, you're doing the sign-up thing. And um, so we're keeping a record. We have an actual time date on when people put in their requests. And the lowest number of books will go to the super deluxe people. And all, it will be based on when we got in your reservation. Um, so so that's, that's one angle of it. And as far as personalizations in the book, uh, I'd love to offer those. But the way that they are going to be done is they're going to print these books in China. Mm-hmm. And they are going to print the uh, – the autograph, you know, title page, number page, and I'm going to have to autograph all of them and then ship them back to China and have them bound in the book. So, and then they're going to be boxed up and shipped out to a fulfillment center. So I'm not going to be physically touching the books again. Um, If you meet me on the road, if we can get back on the road, I'll be more than happy to autograph any edition of the book for you. However, at this stage, um, this is the best I can do. Uh, and because I don't know how many books I'll be signing or anything else, um, you know, they'll be numbered and they'll be signed, but there'll be no personalizations at this stage. So Lulu won't be able to get hers actually signed? Nope. For Lulu? Nope. No, not at this stage. And I don't mean to be mean about it, but <laughs> but someday down the road, I, I think a lot of people have run into me over the years at concerts and seen me over at the mixing desk or whatever before the show, and they brought me their books. And Would you sign this? Or they, they've seen me in other things. I said, of course. And I'm happy to do that. It's such, such a pleasure in my life to know 
the network of fans who really helped me out, not just with supporting the monkeys, but with this project too. I've had so many great people, including the other fellow monkey authors who I've reached out to and gotten a lot of help from Ed, Riley, Maggie McManus, Joe Russo. They've all been tremendous help in this project. Uh, I just, I, I've been so lucky. I've been so, so lucky. And Gary Strobel, Henry Diltz, you know, all the people you would imagine, and Rhino and the monkeys themselves. I mean, everybody's been very cooperative. So um, I'm so lucky, so lucky to get to do this. Um, but the the interesting thing about this Super Deluxe is that it comes in a special case, which is cloth bound itself. And it's a clamshell, meaning it fits over the entirety of the book, protects the book. And it's going to be red uh, with the yellow logo, kind of like the director's chair logo, as it were. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be an extra goodie in in the thing. Now, I know I haven't disclosed what this extra goodie is, but I also don't know how many extra goodies I'm making. So I may it may be more than one extra goodie, uh, but I have to find out exactly how many of these books, uh, super deluxes, I'm going to actually be making goodies for. So mm-hmm. I have one thing in mind already, and then I thought, well, if I sell more than you know this many books, then I'm going to be out of these original goodies that I want to put in there. So <laughs> I have to make some goodies. Um, but whatever it is, I'm going to make it so that it's something that it's not sold separately. You know. So it's not monkey's underwear. It's not monkey's underwear. No, okay. I don't have any of that. Right. Sadly. So. Well, that you'll admit to. Um, no, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I do not have any of it. <laughs> well, on behalf of several people that have PM'd me today, Mike uh, Allenbogen is one of them. They said, is there a way you can find out what the extra gift is that is not sold separately before I purchase? So there is your answer, Mike, and everybody else that have PM'd me. Because if Rhino does something or the monkeys do something, sometimes I become your customer service rep without trying to. You know, So I always try to come right back to you. I know, and, and the thing is is that at the end of the reservation period and before people actually pay for things, um, I will have it defined and we'll know. But we are in a new frontier right now, mm-hmm. finding out just how many of these books will be made. And so uh, so until until that period is over, which is going to last a couple of weeks, I can't say for sure. But I'm going to do my best to do something really nice. And um, So let's say around March... What day would you probably have March fifteenth? I think is the cutoff for yeah. this for the for this uh, period. So you know by then, and I also plan to be doing some more YouTube videos. Mm. So you got to see me um, today uh, in the room where I've been writing the book and discussing it a bit. But I'm, I plan to do some more uh, YouTube stuff so that people can see the process because it'll be a gradual process over about three months where I'll get in the samples of the book. And I'll show them on on camera, and um, and I'll take you through the process. I um, mean, the sad thing is, is that a lot of people may get into wanting to buy the books later on, and I, you know, obviously will be waitlisting people uh, for for those if you feel like, hey, I, I don't want to take the um, the chance on buying a book or reserving a book, uh, but you know, you get relegated to the waiting list. Uh, you know, I, that's just the way I have to do it because. Because I don't have a big corporation behind me and I'm not doing a GP print-on-demand thing, I have to literally, you know, beg, borrow, and steal the money to to uh, 
to create these monkeys' uh, phone books, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is pretty much uh, the work of a lifetime. And as we said earlier, if you go to beatlandbooks.com, you get three possible versions that you can get. There's the standard, which is open-ended kind of, and then there's the deluxe edition for 175 and the super deluxe edition 225 but we know that it's not probably going to have monkeys underwear so we'll just no, safely that put out. that out we'll just chuck that right out the window so mike allenbogen it's not going to be monkeys underwear i'm sorry i tried it probably won't be a monkey mobile either oh there you go okay so <laughs> this is exciting i know that this is something that we have been pestering you about since the show's birth you know first time we talked to you it was something when's an update coming so here it is we've made it this far we've we've yes. gotten here so go to beatlandbooks.com and reserve your book we know that it's going to be of the quality of all of your work so it's going to be fantastic and uh, speaking of your work i know right now the bgs are having a cultural revolution if you will ever since that documentary came out you cannot escape the bgs at this point have you noticed that i i have noticed that and i actually did some work on that uh documentary so i was pleased to see that it brought about a greater appreciation of their work or a renewed appreciation rather I have a book out on the Bee Gees as well, the Bee Gees Day by Day story, <laughs> which I hope to redo as well eventually in the future. But uh, anyway. So the name of that book is? The Bee Gees, the Day by Day story. And I purchased a copy of it, and I think that everyone else should too. If you really enjoyed the HBO documentary and you dig the music, there's so much going on. And it's it, you can pick that up on your Kindle or whatever, whatever you yeah. want to do. But I, I enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah, and actually the publisher of that is Eric Lefkowitz, who is another of my fellow monkey authors. So mm -hmm. he he wanted that story brought to light and uh, and funded that. And so I'm so pleased that it's out there and it's, and it's easily accessible. It's it's not uh, it's not quite the commitment that the the new monkeys book is. But you know, I, I sort of felt like I I sat for days. Is this book too long? Is this you know what am I doing? You know, this is crazy and. I realized, you know, I I think that this is the right move. I think that people want this stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, so people know that it's not just a completely homespun effort. I have an editorial team. I've got three different people working on the editorial of the book, meaning checking facts, checking punctuation, um, you know, going over things so that it's really at the highest level. And also a, a brilliant designer. So uh, and the help of so many others who I'm, you know, the mixography people, I've been in constant contact comparing notes with them. You know, they're doing their own project, which is based off of a lot of my previous work. And I really am fascinated by what they do. And so I want to consult them because my book can't really cover everything that they're doing in their book. And so mm -hmm. we've had a great, uh, you know, sort of uh, call and response over some of these minute details. And so I'm hoping to present things that they won't know, but then I'm really looking forward to their book too. And I know a lot of people have used my book as a reference with dates and other things. And so I wanted to provide as much detail as I could for other people to do their, uh, you know, their scholarly duties as monkey fans. And, uh, and I think I provided some new insights and things that they can spin off 
other projects too. You know, it's amazing that there are enough monkeys books to fill a bookshelf. When you think about it, like I remember in the 70s, you were lucky to find some, you know, maybe something called the Rolling Stone Encyclopedia of Music or something along those lines, not saying that was an actual book. And you get like maybe a paragraph or two of the monkeys. And it seemed like the story was there was a TV show. They put out this album and they put out headquarters and then they broke up and that was it. Right. Like that was the extent of it to think that you have everything from like a scholarly point, like, uh, why the Monkeys Matter by Roseanne Welsh to Melanie Mitchell's book uh, to to everybody's book that came out, uh, Headquartered, for example, by Michael Ventranella and Mark Arnold and Fred Velez and just all these different people, Eric Lefkowitz, everybody. And it's just amazing the amount of stuff that has been coming out. And it, it's great. This is kind of like the quarterback of Monkeys books as far as I'm concerned, your book. it's It's like the thing that everything's built on. Right. Although, you know, obviously Ed and Maggie's book, which Manufactured Image, which I use a lot mm -hmm. as a great reference point, and um, Eric's book, Mon you know, Monkey's Tale, which was the first book on the monkeys. Um, those predate my work by many years, and I'm indebted to them. I always, uh, you know, give credit where credit is due. And uh, but it is interesting to see the uh, the genesis of uh of the monkey story and how it's, how it's changed. And also there's, you know, th there's the thing, I mean, I, this book covers 1942 to 1970, like my original book. And I know there's so many people who are so disappointed that it doesn't cover more, but at, at the length that it's at, this is the best I can do while it's not going to hurt you to hold in your, in your lap. <laughs> right. This is not something you want to take to the bathtub for light reading. No, no. And it's, it's <laughs> something you're going to read overnight. It's going to last you a lifetime, mm -hmm. especially in this nice quality. So, you know, you'll have a long time to pour over the details. I mean, one of my favorite books is this uh, tune in book by Mark Lewison on the Beatles. Yes. And I have the I have this super deluxe edition of that book from England, which is two volumes. And that only goes up to 1963. And I'm still making my way through the details. I read like a page a day. And just to absorb everything that's in it, um, my book is a lot more heavily illustrated too than than uh, than some of the previous books. The the photo history and the visual history of the monkeys is really brought to life in my book, um, and I'm blessed by uh, you know a lot of wonderful photos and other archival images that I have that have never been shown before. So um, it's it's really it's a great celebration of of their story, but. I still know that people would say, hey, I know that part of their story. I want to know the other part of their story. Mm -hmm. And this part of their story is so important that getting the details right one last time for me in my lifetime uh, means everything. So uh, I know you want to know about 1986, but those concert dates are there. <laughs> the Monkey's Live Almanac. I, I've done work on all that stuff, and I don't know how much more I can add. I mean, I certainly can add something, but – but this, I was able to add a lot more detail and uncover a lot of stuff in 1969, which I know that's my favorite chapter in the book. You know, there's so much fun stuff to uncover that year. And 1970, the continued activities of the monkeys in 1970, um, I think you'll be pleased. Well, I'm hoping that someday you will come to a point where you can, like, basically start from, like, somewhere in the 70s up till now. That's what I'd like someday. But... 
you'll get there when you get there. You know what I mean? I was working on it pre-COVID. And then, uh, you know, these things fell in my lap. It was very much like uh, serendipity, you know. Uh, these things start. And then when I started learning all this stuff about this earlier era, the really important stuff around headquarters, I was like, you know, this is a book in itself. And then I was pitching around doing a book just on the Kirshner battle and the relationship with Kirshner because I had all this new material. And then COVID hit, and I was like, you know, I think the only thing I can do right now to keep my sanity that people might like, and while I look for work or wait for uh, the live music business to come back, is to work on my book and spend every day and every free hour researching things. And that's what I've done. Mm -hmm. It's a different, it's a different approach. But I also, uh, you know, I, I want to do those other years, but. But this is this is good. What what like what I'm giving you is good. So I hope that people like it. I'm sure that they will. I know I am looking forward to it. Order is already placed. My my reservation is already placed. Yeah, you. I know you did your original reservation on Open Table, but uh, the, and they said there were no more. There was no more in in uh, restaurant dining. But mm -hmm. at Beatland Books, your reservation is gratefully accepted. Just like on Magical Mystery Tour, make a reservation. So get your copy, reserve your copy of The Monkeys, The Day-by-Day -Day Story at BeatlandBooks.com. Available in three price tiers. And it's going to be the same book no matter which price point you pick it up at. But you're going to want this update. So if you want to treat yourself... And you can treat yourself to the deluxe or the other version. That's fine, too. But it's going to be a great read no matter which level price point that you pick it up for. So Zilch's highest recommendation without even reading it. So there <laughs> you go. Well, thank you. By the way, you mentioned serendipity earlier. Doesn't that sound like a great flavor of ice cream that I've never run into? Like serendipity. Or maybe an ice cream shop. Maybe we should start an ice cream shop. Yes, well, in, in New York, one of my favorite places is Serendipity, the ice cream shop. So uh, I don't know. Now my dream is dashed and ruined. I'm sorry. Have you been there, Ken? Have no, nev been never never been. Yeah, it's great. Amazing Sundays. A Pleasant Valley Sundays, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to tie it all back. Now, one last thing about the Bee Gees. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that you worked a lot on a Bee Gees project called Odessa, correct? Right. I did all of the Bee Gees early music, uh, Bee Gees first horizontal idea in Odessa as deluxe reissues for Rhino mm -hmm. uh, around the time when my book originally came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. And the series sort of uh, hit a rock, as it were, um, and neither the Bee Gees nor Rhino really want to put out more of the records, unfortunately. And now the catalog has gone back to Universal. But Odessa is one of the great records of their catalog, in my opinion. And I was able to do a three-CD version, and yes. I'm very proud of that. It's one of my favorite projects I've ever got to work on. So You definitely should be proud of it, because you really treat that album with the love and respect that there's been times that even the Bee Gees didn't think that it deserved the... Uh, it, it's almost like a lost Bee Gees album in the fact that it never really got to be completed like they wanted it to, correct? 
Right. It comes in a period where they were about to split up mm-hmm. and they did split up just as, as it was being uh, promoted. So, it, it, you know, Barry told me quite candidly, he goes, you know, a lot of people talk about this record, uh, but to me, it just brings back a lot of bad memories, mm-hmm. you know, bad time in my life. So I don't want to talk about the record. And, uh, you know, at the time when I worked on it, Robin was still alive and, we talked a lot about it and eventually also did all of his solo material for a compilation called Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. And Rob was a really fascinating writer. And there's a big monkeys connection there because Robin actually was working with Davy Jones in 1969 and they were going to do recordings together. So that's one of the things I talk about in my book. And there's a lot of new information I have in the book about that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, now we're going to kind of make a switch from talking about the Monkey's Day-by-Day story, which you can go to beatlandbooks.com to reserve your copy. But we're going to talk about something that a lot of people have been asking about over and over and over again. You finally have some answers as far as possible touring dates. Right. And, you know, I use we, we use the word answers mm-hmm. uh, as as uh, tentatively as we can, because, you know, we're in such a tough situation now where the future is so unpredictable. Right. I know we all want to get back to normal and get back to doing the things we were doing pre-COVID. And certainly I do. I would love to go back to work. I would love to go back on the road with the monkeys. And I'd love to present Mickey and Michael and, and, and play out these dates that we had planned uh, just before we had the live album out. And unfortunately, you know, there are restrictions and there's also just reality that we can't go and do that right now. Travel Mm -hmm. is limited. Both the guys have had their first vaccines, but, you know, most of the other people in in the crew have not. Um, And we're all waiting, I think, to uh, to to try and reach that place where we can be together and not worry about it. Right. So. What's going on right now is uh, we had some tour dates that have been moved. And to be honest, I can't even remember how many times they've been moved, if it's been if this is the second time or third time. But uh, we're we're reaching a resolution right now on the initial dates that we're supposed to play in April of 2020. And they are being moved or rescheduled. And there's a few that couldn't be rescheduled and they will be canceled and we'll announce what those are. And in every case, you have the option to get a refund on your tickets uh, at the original point of purchase, just like Ken can't tell you how to get your money back. I can't necessarily tell you, you have to go back to the place where you bought the tickets. And I know a lot of people have held on to these tickets in hopes that we would come back and we want to come back. And I speak with Mickey and Michael regularly and they want to come back and they're excited about tour dates. And we have even looked at more tour dates beyond what we had announced. And, uh, we may be announcing some more tour dates, but it is a little bit a little bit tenuous because we can't say yes we're going to be there no matter what because that puts a lot of people at risk it puts our audience at risk it puts our crew at risk it puts the monkeys at risk so we have to we have to go with what is happening in society and where everybody's at if enough people are vaccinated and there's enough immunity and the numbers are down and we can all travel safely we're going to come to your town. We're going to give you a great show. And we want to do it as soon as possible. You know, we'd like to be back out at the end of the year. Uh, we have dates all set up for the end of the year, in fact. However, 
right now, it's not 100% that we can be there with you, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, not because the monkeys are in ill health or anybody else in our, our little crew is, but we just don't know. We can't predict. So we have to make these moves and we're going to do our best. And I really do apologize to the people who feel uh, let down about it. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, we really want to come and have shows for you as soon as we can. But let's all try and get together on this and stay healthy and make it through to this next point. We really need each other. We need to be cooperative with one another to make it there. Amen. And, you know, uh, to not to make light of things, but it's it's almost like the pandemic got worse than any of us imagined, right? Uh, it's it's almost like a, its own uh, streaming channel, Pandemic Plus, you know, trademark, registered, all that copyright and all that stuff. But it's uh, all of the uh, – it, it, it comes bundled with Hulu, anxiety, fear, and ultra-cold temperatures this last week. So, you know, <laughs> nobody, nobody knew that we were going to wake up – in a uh, blizzard everywhere across the United States, pretty much, you know, so there's no way of knowing. I totally am with you that there's no way of knowing what the future holds, but we all have hopes. And as long as we have hope, you know, there's a chance. So we can, we can get through this, but uh, you gotta be safe. Yeah. Just so it's known, we share that hope. And also, you know, we don't hold on to that money that people have invested in the tickets. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's between you and the um, the people of putting on the show. So so it, you know, Mickey always says to me, he goes, "I'm the one who comes off looking bad." You know, you have to reschedule these things, and people think I'm holding on to their money. I said, "No, you know, I don't think they do." But a lot of people don't quite understand how all that works, and we're just in a in a, in a limbo period. But I've told this to Mickey and Mike, and I'm telling it to all you. As soon as it's safe to go back to work, we have dates set up. We want to be there with you. We want to share the monkey magic, and we will go and do it. We just have to stay healthy long enough to to make that happen. Yeah, to get to the other side of it. And, uh, you know, that goes to everybody that works on the crew, the road, the traveling people, you, everyone in the band, to the guys themselves and the audience. We, we all want to get to the other side of this. So very good. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you think about Adam Schlesinger who you have on your show and, um, I just can't believe he's gone. I can't either. I just can't wrap my head around it. He was, he was the first God, I hate to say this because life is life, right? But he was the first celebrity that, I became aware of that was taken from us because of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, we, we miss Peter so much, you know, I, I it, it was just his birthday and yes. thinking about his passing. And I think about Peter all the time, funny stories and, and doing this book has really brought back a lot of my, a lot of my life, even though, you know, I'm not doing that period, but I just, I know these guys pretty well. And, and having shared so much time with them has been, Really, really a wonderful gift. So I hope that the love comes through to everybody from uh, what I'm trying to do. Well, thank you. We we do appreciate you. And there was a time when you were on our short list of people that we'd like to do this show before you wrapped it up. And who knew that we'd still be doing it all these years down the road? 
And you, you've always been a friend to the show and to our Facebook page, and you've always been a, a good ambassador for the monkeys, uh, and you're part in it. You know what I mean? And I just want to thank you. And anything you ever want to do, this you can do this. I know you have your own podcast, but if you ever want to hit this audience and do anything, either myself or Sarah and you, you guys could get together and do Andrew Sandoval's dance party. I don't care whatever you'd want to do, <laughs> but uh, our platform is open to you and we don't offer that to everybody, but we want you to know that. Well, I do appreciate it. It's the, it's the fans that have kept the monkeys going. Um, and that's, that's become really evident to me doing the story you know mm -hmm. well it's been a blast documenting this over the years uh, with everybody here on staff uh, wholeheartedly we support you in this book and we just look forward to what may come and enjoying what has come and uh, enjoying what is as best as we can so is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we no maybe i'll come back in you know uh late may or june when the books are uh or in hand and we can talk more about it or maybe, you know, after the people have the books and have questions and stuff, it'll be fun to do a follow-up. I'm really looking forward to people digging in and, and learning some new things about the monkeys like I have. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. One question I'd like to ask you, just as earlier I said, who would have ever thought that we would have had this bookshelf full of various monkeys books? And I don't have time to name them all, but, you know. But now <laughs> we've seen things like 7A. Right. Uh, come to life and all the great work they've done. And for example, Annabelle just put out a Christmas record with Chip Douglas uh, involvement, right? Mm -hmm. It just has to seem so weird to a time when you would have to go to someone and try to convince them that the monkeys were worth investing in as far as an ongoing thing. Right. To see 7A's work and to see what's going on with Davy Jones jones for example and so on and so forth how does that make you feel well it makes me feel good um because i've always taken the monkeys pretty seriously and i've always known that the audience was there for the monkeys and uh and they're a great audience they're really fun to work with so it, it feels good but it feels like it has been a build uh through the years uh, certainly in the period that I've been involved in uh, billing lot, really getting things started at Rhino for the monkeys catalog. Um, but it, it, it's interesting. I'm still in that position of convincing people about the monkeys uh, for a variety of projects. And I found that the, the straightforward, most straightforward thing is that I have to kind of fund these things myself. Even some of the concert tours are ones that I put up all the money to get started. Um, in recent years. So, and I, I don't think a lot of people understand that part of it. They're like, Oh, he's just like a fan who's glommed onto these guys. It's more, it's more of a business situation and more to do with financial stuff than, than you, you know, the fun stuff is like 5% of the time and 95% of the time it's, it's dealing with how to pay for, you know, the planes and the buses and the trucks and all this other stuff. So mm -hmm. it's the same thing with this book, you know, the, the, the fun part is doing the book and the, the tough part is the business part. So um, once you can figure that out and figure out how to get people what they want, um, you know, it, it's, it's a joy. It really mm -hmm. is. And I guess one last thing before we wrap it up, Christian Nesmith has announced that his part of the album is done. The, uh, 
Dolan sings Nesmith. Uh, what what are your thoughts so far? Are you happy thus far without revealing much? Because I know you guys want to keep your cards, you know, close to your vest. But are you happy thus far? General thoughts and reaction thus far. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful album. And um, taking off my sales hat and more just as a fan, to me, this is the best Mickey solo record. I like it better than any of the other ones. And it's always been my disappointment that, you know, until 7A did that collection of all of his MGM recordings, mm. um, that, you know, he didn't have a stronger profile as a solo artist. Obviously, he did remember in King for a Day and, and um, you know, he's done some live records, too. But I think that this is one of the best solo records he's ever done. And it uh, it has such a such a strong thread. It really reminds me of a continuation of Good Times as mm. a simple kind of quality to it um very contemporary but also very retro and um we're in the process of dealing with the cover right now so um we're getting the final bits and pieces done and there's just a lot of excitement around the record and mickey's very excited and seven air excited and christian's very proud and i am proud on the sides to have been uh the referee and uh and um a plotter when and a plotter in chief, <laughs> what you know, encourager when I when I could be. So I helped with the you know picking out the songs and some of the other things on the record. And it's been a really beautiful thing to watch uh, take shape, and all in the background because you know through COVID this all happened. So it's something else to look forward to, and it's going to be with you really soon. Fantastic! Uh, I absolutely love the Remember album. I thought that Mickey really shined on that album. Yeah, me too. And I, I think that this, uh, to me, this surpasses Remember. Wow. But that's just my personal opinion. That's so, a very high I, bar. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just saying that as a fan. I'm not, uh, it's, it's, it's totally opinion-based. It's not, um, I'm sure there are people who could dispute that, but I think it is better. Um, I, I just think it's really, really solid. Well, I'm going to lie to the audience and tell them that I saw a sneak peek of the artwork. It's, it's a photograph of Mickey wearing a wool hat, a green wool hat, in a nudie suit. <laughs> totally not that, Ken. It is okay. definitely not that. <laughs> I can tell you. It's, it's, uh, it is very special, and uh, it involves uh, a special person from uh, both of their past. Uh, so, so it's got a great link to the past for them, too. And uh, I'm, I'm really pleased. It's, it's, it's a really cool thing. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let 7A reveal the uh, the secrets behind all that but uh but it's a it's a pretty neat thing that's been cooked up i'm just curious to see how far that lie will go around the world <laughs> i don't think it will be uh going that far but um you know the great thing about working with mickey is he's so creative and he has such brilliant ideas and um his voice is just great on this record and christian's come up with amazing arrangements in it I just i think you're gonna love it I'm sure I will. Uh, there's enough ingredients in this soup to make it good. I know that much. So we look forward to that. Dolan sings Nesmith. We look forward to that very much. So we want to thank you for coming on the show once again. And uh, this was kind of a very uh, quick episode. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on again. You've always got a seat at the DJ booth here. We are glad to have you here once again. Be safe. Be safe. Everybody listening. Right, Andrew? We want everybody to be safe. Yes. Take your time. Take care of your 
pets, take care of your loved ones, and let's make it through this year. Take care of the people you don't even care for. That's that's a nice thing to do. Be... <laughs> we do that all the time. That's right. But reserve your copy today. Go to BeatLambBooks.com, The Monkey's Day-by-Day Story, available on three price points. You have until March 15th. Can't stress that enough. Yes. 2021. It does not come with a copy of the uh, Gene Simmons Vault. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Hey, now. Seriously, if you'd ever love to come on and talk to Sarah about the TV show or anything, you know, just. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm here I, too, but, you know, I'm just saying. That... <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I probably need to be brushing up on my TV trivia. It, you know, maybe when the book comes out, I'll do it. I took the um, criticism to heart that there wasn't enough TV stuff in the original book, and I tried to get as much TV information in there as possible. But it's still not a book that covers, you know, it's more heavily weighed to the recording sessions. It's it, right. it, and the personnel. It doesn't have every character actor or, you know, uh, thing in there, but it has a lot more shooting information. So mm-hmm. I try. Very good. All right. Well, I will pass along uh, your, your wishes to Sarah about that and we'll see what we can get set up in the future. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ken. I really appreciate you doing this. No, quickly. thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. We will see you all on the next episode of Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. Say, see you, Andrew. See you, Ken. Bye. Hey, citizens of world, this is Andy Partridge of XTC. You're listening to my dulcet tones on Zilch. Our next judge is an editor of a magazine, and she's probably one of the prettiest editors that you'll ever meet. From Tiger Beat Magazine, Miss Ann Moses. In 1966, teenage girls all over the U.S. wanted to be Ann Moses. Why? She worked for Tiger Beat Magazine, one of the largest teen heartthrob publications in the world. Every month, she took young fans where they wanted to be, right next to their favorite musician or actor. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Tiger Beat was the source for teens, both girls and boys, to read about their favorite musicians and actors. And Ann Moses was in the center of it all. For years, I told their stories. Now I'm telling mine. From touring with Paul Revere and the Raiders to surviving Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, I went on many adventures, and with every article, I took you, the readers, along for the ride. You get to go behind the scenes and see what a groovy time it was. If you were there with Anne from the beginning, this book is her way of saying thank you. You can get Anne Moses' book, Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. On Amazon or wherever fine books are sold, you can get the book autographed at annmoses.com for a limited time only. Find her on facebook.com forward slash annmoses. Hello, this is Peter Mills. I'm the author of the book The Monkeys, Head and the Sixties which is the first in-depth study of their 1968 movie. It looks at the history of the band right from their beginnings in 1965, right through their success, the movie, the 70s comebacks. The book also looks at the 33 and a third TV special, the Monkey's MTV revival, a lizard sunning itself on a rock, all the way through to 2016's Good Times. The book is available from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and no doubt other online stores and is also available as a Kindle download. Check out The Monkeys, Head and the Sixties.
Wow, that was great. I mean, I was going to buy the thing in any case. In fact, I've already maybe pre-ordered it, but... um. Oh, I am so excited as a monkey's nerd and just as a historian that all of this is captured. I, I think one of the things I'm most interested in learning more about is the Kirshner lawsuit and the uh, kind of the bits and bobs that may come out of uh, that information as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be a big deal. Yep. Yeah, because, it, 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 you know, it sounds like we're, we're, we're going to end up having a different perspective on the palace revolt. And, uh, I am really curious to find out what that's what that's all going to be about. And Andrew wants to come and talk with Roseanne and me on a future Monkeys 101. How awesome is that? That's great. Yeah, yeah that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I we're going to. You will uh, will mesh together very well. Yeah, I, you know, and, and, and Roseanne and Andrew have both written books and I'm just, you know, I, I, I can't wait to hear them kind of talking about everything because, because they're, they, they are, um, two of the most learned people about the monkeys in, in their own ways. And I really am interested in, 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 in hearing that conversation that's going to come out. And, you know, it's, I, I'm just, I'm really thrilled about that potentially happening. So Andrew, we are totally on board with that and we'll figure out something to happen there. And then if all of that wasn't enough excitement, we may know more about tour dates soon. That I know everybody has <sighs> just been, you know, on the edge of their seat, uh, waiting to hear an update, an update, an update. And uh, I know that as soon as he can spill all the beans about it, he will. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we just appreciate every update that Andrew feels that he can give us. Uh, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough position to be in. This is, of course, unprecedented times yes, if i hear that <laughs> phrase one more time um, oh, i know <laughs> yeah it's been a wild year but that sort of feels like kind of that little one of those little lights at the end of the tunnel i i, I think we all have a few of those and one of them for me is definitely getting to sit in an auditorium full of other monkeys fans and uh get to get to see the Mike and Mickey show one more time. It's it's going to be a great time and you know, good things come to those who wait. That's right. Our patience will be rewarded. Yep, so let's all stay home, stay safe, stay masked, get through these last few home stretch months and get we will vaccination. Yes, get vaccination if you are able, absolutely. And um, you know, hopefully sooner than we realize, we will be together again and I'm really looking forward to it and I know everybody else is too. So Absolutely. Okay. And on that note, I think we are ready to call it a day. Uh, how about you, Christine? Sounds good to me. Always oh, good talking with you, Sarah. Always good talking with you, too. And we will talk to all of you next time on Zilch, a monkey's podcast. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. 
If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.